Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Wow. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayelech. And according to the Chinuch, you have in this week's Parsha the last two mitzvos of the Torah. The 612th mitzvah is that of Hakel, namely that once in seven years, the entire Jewish nation is to gather in and at the Beis HaMikdash, and there the King of Israel is to read the Torah to the entire assemblage of Israel. Just try to picture this scene, which in Yitzhah Hashem we will have once again in the future. Now, what might be the reason for this? So the Chinuch, in explaining this mitzvah, says beautifully that the Shor Sheha mitzvah, the root of this mitzvah is because since the essence and the core of the Jewish people is the Torah, and this is what distinguishes us from all other people, as well as this is what earns us, please God, our share in Olam Haba, the world to come. Therefore, in order to impress upon the nation the primacy of Torah, God in His infinite wisdom, and according to the way the Rambam explains this mitzvah, is that it's a kind of reenactment of Sinai, that just as at Sinai, all Israel was together for the one purpose of accepting the Torah, here too, once in seven years, the entire nation gathers together for the purpose of accepting again and realizing the importance and centrality of Torah within the communal and personal life of the Jewish people. And this incredible gathering makes a Roshem, makes an impression on the entire assemblage, men, women, children, that are there and are all part of this mitzvah. Finally, the last mitzvah, the 613th. So it's interesting, Parshas Vayelech, which has the distinction of being the shortest parasha in the Torah, but 30 psukim, according to the Chinuch, contains the last two mitzvos, and the final mitzvah is to write a Sefer Torah. That each and every Jew should have a Torah, so he has the opportunity to study Torah, and even though one might have inherited a Sefer Torah from his forefathers, there's still an obligation on each individual to write a Sefer Torah so that you, your children, have, you can lend it out to others. And understandably, the Rush understands this mitzvah that it's incumbent upon each and every Jew to have a Jewish library. And especially today, we live in a time that there is 
Bali Ayin Hara, such a great proliferation of Svarim on every level, the incredible contribution of the art scroll, Talmud, whereby that which had been a relatively closed book because of the language and because of the style of Talmud, that unless one was learned in it, they really could not understand it. And now, with effort, one can become nourished, not just acquainted, but excited with Torah. This is a very special time in which we live in. And it's not just in terms of Talmud, it's in terms of Jewish law, in Jewish philosophy. The last mitzvah is that the Jew is to be that Talmud Chacham. He is to be that perennial student, and therefore they need a Jewish library. Interestingly, according to the Ramban, the last mitzvah will come on the following Shabbos, namely when we read Parshas Ha'azinu, after Yom Kippur, before Sukkos, and there we have the mitzvah, according to the Ramban, of Birkas HaTorah. Interestingly, that these last two mitzvahs of the Torah, according to the Chinuch, Hakel, and writing the Sefer Torah, both have the centrality of Torah. So we find ourselves this Shabbos on Shabbos Shuva, so-called because we are in the ten days of tshuva, where the primary mitzvah of these days is for us to return and to get closer and to get and restore that very special relationship between ourselves and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as well as the Haftorah, which comes from the first part from the book of Hosea, whereby the Navi Hosea calls and literally demands of the Jewish people, Shuva Yisrael, Ad Hashem Elokecha, return Israel literally to Hashem, your God. So I'd like to talk just a little bit, as is one to do on this Shabbos, about the mitzvah of tshuva. And let's begin with a very interesting question of the Meshachachma, that if we understand the mitzvah of tshuva to be that when and if a person has sinned, so they are to repent and come back to Hashem, wait a second, he asks very poignantly in his commentary, on this week's parsha of Vayelech, in chapter 31, Pasuk 17, and he asks very sharply, wait a minute, a Jew is obligated to keep mitzvot because there are 365 restrictions, negative commandments, and 248 positive commandments. If a Jew neglected to do any one of these mitzvos, positive or negative, the mitzvah itself calls to the Jew 
that after he or she has violated them, that they are to correct themselves and do the mitzvah. What is the purpose of the mitzvah of tshuva as an independent mitzvah? And therefore, he suggests that the two elements of the mitzvah of tshuva are one, vidui bapeh, that the individual literally confess his sin as we do over the Yom Kippur experience ten times with the Oshamnu and the Alchet, but the Vidui, the actual confession. And secondly, that the Jew is to ask for Bakoshas Kapora. He's to ask for atonement from Hashem, not enough for a person to um, correct his or her way, but there needs to be this begging of forgiveness, as we shall see, because of what has happened to the individual. So I'd like to basically look at the mitzvah of tshuva, and it is clear that the Rambam puts the focus on vidui, on the confession. Now, is that the primary mitzvah? After all, the Rambam, in his introduction to the Hilchos Tshuva, writes that there is one mitzvah, and sheyosh v'achotei mecheto lefnei Hashem, that the person shall return, shall literally restore, as we shall see, and the Yisvada, and he shall confess. So, Rav Salavechik, Zichrona Levracha, in his explanation of why, according to the Rambam, the focus might be on confession, the Vidui, explained it that there are, oftentimes, two aspects to a mitzvah. There is the kiyuma mitzvah, there is the result, the emotional aspect of the mitzvah as to what the mitzvah is supposed to accomplish, such as, for example, in the mitzvah of Shema, there is kabolas o malchus shamayim, that the Jew accepts upon themselves literally the yoke of his kingdom, his sovereignty. That is the Kiyama mitzvah, but the Ma'aseha mitzvah is in the, the act of the mitzvah, is in the recitation of the Shema. And the Rambam, more often than not, will focus on defining the mitzvah as the Ma'aseha mitzvah through the action. So here too, the mitzvah is that of tshuva. The mitzvah is for the Jew to repent. But the ma'aseha mitzvah, within the mitzvah itself, the act of the mitzvah is the vidui, and hence the Rambam stresses the element of vidui. But that's not necessarily to say that vidui is the mitzvah and not the mitzvah of tshuva, as perhaps indeed the Minchas Chinuch 
wants to suggest. Now, interestingly, there is a basic difference between the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchos Tshuva, where the Rambam speaks of Tshuva from particular sins, and then you'll take a look in chapter 7 of Hilchos Tshuva, where the Rambam writes that Tshuva is not only for specific actions that a person does, but that Tshuva also applies literally to the character of the individual, to the personality of the individual. And therefore, he says that the tshuva is not simply on one's actions, but on one's deos, on his perspective on life. And therefore, in chapter 7, he speaks about a different type of tshuva, namely the personality of the Jew. And this, I believe, is that which we need to understand, that tshuva, as Rav Salvechik explains so beautifully, and I would so strongly recommend those who understand and can read the Hebrew, should find in al Shuva in his very first shir, the Rav discusses two parts of tshuva, that of the kapara, the atonement, and the tara, the purification of tshuva. And if one is not comfortable in the Hebrew, one should get their hands on Pinchas Peli's On Repentance, whereby he writes up various drushos of the Rav, including his first one, namely the um, discussion that the Rav has on the aspect of two parts of tshuva, the acquittal, kapura, and tara, purification. After all, what does the Torah say regarding Yom Kippur? Ki bayom lechem. On this day, we attain kapura. Kapura is a person has done something wrong. As a result, he owes. As a result of doing something wrong, there is, as we know, schar v'onesh. There is reward and punishment. And so he deserves to be punished for his action. Yom Kippur has this capacity to remove the punishment, or, as we did the apple in the honey on the nights of Rosh Hashanah, for the purpose of saying to Hashem, please, if there has to be some exacting of punishment, let it be done in a softer, as opposed to a more harsh manner. But that is only for half of the damage. And that is for the physical act that was done, that the person committed the sin. But in addition, the sin that a person does tarnishes his soul, tarnishes his personality. And therefore, on this day, on Yom Kippur, we attain and achieve kapura, 
But that's not where it stops. Not only is it lechaper aleichem, it's letaher eschem. That Yom Kippur has the ability to cleanse the personality of the Jew. The soul is literally purified on Yom Kippur. The opportunity that the individual has. And that's why Rabbi Akiva, at the, in the Mishnah, at the end of Yuma, when he says, Ashrechem Yisrael, look how fortunate are the Jewish people. Lifnei atem metarim, before whom are you purified? Umi metar eschem, and who purifies you? Avichen shabashamayim. And then he goes on to use the parable. Just as the mikvah is metahir, purifies the one who is impure, so too does Hashem purify us. Now let's understand something. Once again, kapara is for a specific act. Tara is for the tarnished of the personality. If a person, let's say, stole from ten people, and he paid back one person, so you can have kapara, you can have atonement for one sin, for one-tenth. One of the ten sins that he violated, he repaired. The other nine, not yet. That we can understand as a separate, independent aspect. When it comes to purity of the soul, there, just as the mikvah, you can't put your foot in the mikvah and say, my foot is now tahor. And then put your arm in the mikvah and say, my arm is now pure. But rather, you need the entire body. So too, when it comes to tahara, when it comes to the purification of the individual, there you need the person to accept upon him or herself the complete package. And that's why the Mishnah precedes the teaching of Rabbi Akiva with the very important concept that Lefnei Hashem Titaru Mikol Chatoseichem from all your sins, even sins, not only man to God, a person who might have eaten that which was non-kosha, a person who might have been involved in forbidden, illicit relationships. That is man to God. But those sins, man to man as well, require Yom Kippur. And therefore the Mishnah teaches that if one does not go and try to rectify wrongdoings that he has done to his friend, and he does not rectify them before Yom Kippur, so, according to the Mishnah, there's a fallacy in the entire process of Yom Kippur. Why? Because, as we are pointing out, it's not just a day of kapara, 
It's a day of Tara, and in order for the Tara to work, you need the cleansing of the total personality, because each sin that we do, sin man to man, tarnishes our soul, and that soul requires the purification of the day of Yom Kippur, which can only come by first man doing what he does to correct it, in this case here, to ask forgiveness from his friend, which is why the Shulchan Aruch says that one should and is obligated to ask for mechila, to ask for forgiveness from his friend. But I urge, it's not to be done in a simple, proforma way. Ayamochel me. And it's not to be done with your best friend exclusively. Of course your best friend is going to forgive you for that which you have done. But you know it's the person in the synagogue with whom you don't say good Shabbos to. And not because I can't say good Shabbos to everybody, because there's just no time. There's so many people, thank God, in your shul. No, it's the one person I avoid because of what he or she did to me or what I did to them. Either way, it's got to be repaired. And this is so important. It's so important between those individuals in order for the Jewish people to get its collective kapara and it's so important for the community as a whole and therefore yes but look at the positive look at the great opportunity that we have on Yom Kippur which means that before we come to God on Erev Yom Kippur, Tuesday of next week, we say vidui. We come as clean as possible. Before we come to God, we've gone to the mikvah. We try to make ourselves as ready as possible. But let's understand what a privilege Yom Kippur is. It's a day of tshuva. It's a day that He welcomes and pines for us to come back we have to have that same kind of pining to get close to Hashem. How ashreinu, matov chalkeinu, how privileged we are that we have a Yom Kippur, enabling us to restore that very special, close relationship that each and every one of us had prior to our doing sins, prior to our wrongdoing. And thank God, through Yom Kippur, can restore and not only provide kapara, but tahara. Wishing everyone a good Shabbos and the strong message that we take advantage of this very special time in which we are Shabbos Shuva to truly Shavta Ad Hashem Elokecha to bring each and every one of us closer to Hashem. Shabbat Shalom to all.